Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Welcome to another lovely episode of General Conference Review. Today we're going to be discussing the talk by President Henry B. Eyring from the Saturday morning session called Finding Personal Peace. Uh, I'm your co-host, one of your co-hosts, Kevin Beamer, and with me today is uh, my good friend and colleague, not my colleague, that's funny, my good friend, Todd Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) We're colleagues, we've known each other for years. We don't work together or do anything together outside of this podcast or social things, but uh, we're colleagues. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So today, Todd and I are going to be going over the talk, once again, Finding Personal Peace by President Henry B. Eyring. Uh, the talk, very much like its title. I got to sneeze. Ooh, maybe it's not coming. <laughs> I don't want to uh, drink before you. <laughs> uh, so the Finding Personal Peace by President Eyring, and it talks about how can we find personal peace? He goes through an account of the Savior using the Savior's words found in John. And it's lovely. It's John chapter 14, uh, verses 15 to 27. And he goes through that account. And then he talks about some things that he's learned from that account. Some truths that he's learned about our search for peace. But pretty much this is a talk about, hey, if you're looking for peace in your life now, here are some ways that President Eyring thinks you can find that. I don't know if there's anything else for context to add to this talk, Todd. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, what's interesting, because uh, we start with Russell M. Nelson and we, we move in, in through the first presidency, and, and you have to think, these guys work together pretty close. I'm sure it's yeah. coming. Hey, what are you talking about? Hey, what are you talking about? But uh, the fact that uh, Dallin H. Oaks talked so much about the words of Jesus Christ and uh, the prophet Russell M. Nelson, President Russell M. Nelson talked about uh, you know, being a peacemaker and avoiding contention. This to me is like an amalgamation or a combination of those two. Perfect. He uses the words of Christ to help focus us on what we need to do to find personal peace, which again would help us be peacemakers and help us be better and help us avoid contention. You know, it's a, a neat little, you know, uh, a neat little pointer on, you know, how, how the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, ties into each other so neatly. And and maybe it was by design or maybe it was they didn't speak, say one word to each other about it. And this is just ha- a happy accident. But, um, you know, just a neat little thing. 
either either way it's good integration it's lovely absolutely so he does he he jumps into he's he's trying to find uh, identify personal peace he he quotes jesus christ or the followers of jesus christ and uh here he goes it's it's john uh here he, he i'll just read it what he means by peace and how he can give it are revealed by circumstances of those who heard him speak those words. Listen to the, uh, the account in John of the culmination of Christ's ministry. Fierce forces of evil were bearing down on him and would soon come upon his disciples. Now he reads, you know, a bunch of verses in John. Uh, for the sake of time, we're not gonna, I'm not going to read them, but they're outstanding. It's uh, John 14, uh, 15 to 27. Um but the one that I wanted to focus on here are the last two verses that he shared. And he says, the, but this is, this is John quoting the Savior. But the Comforter, which is, G, which is Holy, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let, your heart not, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And this is uh, the second time this specific verse was quoted in this talk, and we're only in the first probably five minutes of the talk. <laughs> um, so again, we're looking for peace. How do we have peace? It's through the Comforter. It's through our you know love of our Heavenly Father. It's through love of the Savior. But it's all going to be felt through uh, the Holy Ghost and having that Holy Spirit to be with us. What do we need to do? How do we how do we have the Holy Ghost to be with us? So. This is this is kind of going to be the, the crux or the the main body of the talk of how can we have the Holy Ghost to help us to feel peace and it, it to me it's also kind of a throwback to uh, Russell M Nelson a couple of years ago said uh, in coming days it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding directing comforting and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Um, that's some strong language which I'm a bit of adult so I need strong language to to help course correct me and reinforce to me the things i need to be doing mm -hmm. so we need we need the holy ghost how do we get it and what do we how do we keep it what do we need to do yeah yeah so president iring after going through this lovely account from john talks about five truths that he pulls from that once again uh because the last talk that we did do was president oaks about uh what did christ say himself it's important for us to take time uh, and look at Christ's words and think of what we pull from that and actually be intent uh, on that. But we're going to focus on what oh, yeah. President Iring pulled from it because it's good stuff. Well, and, and we're going to talk about President Iring and then we're going to share like our own little peanut gallery comment. But like, yeah. again, to emphasize what we talked about, I think, in Russell Nelson's talk and again in Elder Oaks, this is going to be an individual thing that each of us everyone listening, everyone alive, everyone, you know, they, we have to come, come to Jesus Christ on our own, have that personal relationship. And we have to read the words, have the prayers, study, the, study the things and, and get there and individually. And, and all we're trying to do, all Kevin and I are trying to do is kind of like shine a light and like reemphasize, Hey, this is what we, this is important. This is what we need to be doing. This is how we interpret this for almost a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so let's jump into it. So, President Iring says he's got five truths. So I'll just read the first one. We'll go from there. 
Yeah. First, the gift of peace is given after we have the faith to keep his commandments. For those who are covenant members of the Lord's church, obedience is what we have already promised to do. Okay. So, <laughs> so go ahead. You got something. First, go ahead. First principles and ordinance of the gospel. First, faith. We have to have faith. Yeah. Um, and, and I appreciate how faith and obedience are tied to each other. I had this conversation with my, my oldest son last night, and we talked about hope, faith, and knowledge. And how we can hope for things. And that's okay. We're allowed to hope for things. But if we don't put any effort into that hope, that's only ever going to be hope. Yeah. I hope I'll be a millionaire one day. Well, if I don't actually learn how to save money for, you know, in a, in a savings account and know how to work hard, earn a good pay, then live frugally so that I can be a millionaire one day, that's it's only ever going to be hope. You know, if if but having the faith that I will be a millionaire one day may not be the best example, but it's the one that popped in my head just now. And, um, <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> but having the faith would be like, hey, I'm going to put action into these this hope, and we're going to do the thing. So obedience is the act of putting into action the faith that we that we have. Now, if we have faith that you know we we can be forgiven of our sins. Well, we need to do the things that will that will confirm or reinforce. That we have been forgiven and that's being obedient and doing the things we've been we've been asked to do yeah yeah faith's pretty pretty big thing right like going back to that wonderful article faith that you just quoted uh faith in the lord jesus christ second repentance and repentance is only necessary is extremely important part of this process but having faith to keep commandments to follow after someone at some point, if we don't think it's working, we stop doing it. And that's sort of in all life, uh, whether it's uh, trying a new diet to <laughs> drop some extra weight or trying a new way of living so that whatever that looks like, if at some point we don't feel that we're getting a benefit out of it, we stop doing it. Yeah. So faith is like our first, let's try this. Let's find it out. I once had a buddy who joined the church who wasn't a member of the church and he joined it, you know, a couple of years after I, I knew him as a teenager. And one of the reasons he joined it was because of the fruits. He said by living the principles, he saw the benefit in his life and how important that was to him. Uh, and that's sort of where we're at this point. <laughs> okay. We start, yeah. we have faith to keep the commandments and we qualify for peace, I think, is sort of what this is saying. This gift of peace is now, it's an option. It's, a, it's definitely the first step. If we want to feel yeah. the Savior's peace and, 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 and his love for us, which is there, we, we just need to feel of it. We need to be receptive. We need to be doing the thing put us on that frequency, which allow us to um, feel of his love for us and feel of that peace. And... And getting that frequency requires yeah, a little bit of obedience, a little bit of, uh, you know, doing the things that we promised we would do. And it's it's a covenant we make in the temple, uh, yeah. the law of the Lord. Yep. It's, it's, it's the first one. It's the first one we make. So it's, it's critical for us to but it, it and be there. But it doesn't guarantee peace. I think that's an important thing to. Yeah, it's a up. step. It's a yep. step in getting there. It's like, hey, do these things. Okay. okay. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, do you want to go over the next one then, Todd? Uh, sure. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was just I was just reviewing it myself so I could be prepared. Uh, <laughs> Keep talking, Kevin. Keep talking. Know, you're doing great. You're doing awesome. Uh, second, the Holy Ghost will come and abide with us. The Lord says that as we continue to be faithful, the Holy Ghost will dwell in us. That is the promise in the sacramental prayer that the Spirit will be our companion and that we will feel in our hearts and minds his comfort. And uh, and to me, again, this first step, so he's, he's talking about five truths. We're kind of talking it in terms of, of, of steps, but there's a truth that he is sharing is that if we are obedient, if we are having the faith and we're doing the things uh, that the Holy Ghost will, we will have access to the Holy Ghost. We'll be on that frequency. We'll be on, we'll be able to hear him and we'll be able to, uh, to feel of his love. Now, is it going to come to us um, without effort or is it may, may, may not even come to us perfectly even with effort, but it's going it, to, it's, it's, it's a thing that we need to work towards and continue to strive towards and I promise it will come. It just may not come in the timing that you hope. Um, and, and nine times out of 10, it's either something we need to do or there's somebody else that has been prompted to come and help us through something. And they're struggling to, to receive that bit of revelation themselves. Uh, through my experience, when I've received a prompting to go help somebody and I'm like, ah, it's not very convenient and this and that, ah, they're doing fine. I'll send them a text tomorrow. And then I find out later that, yeah, they weren't in a great place and they really would have benefited from like a conversation yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's terrible. A terrible thing to hear after the fact mm -hmm. and that I could have been an answer to that guy's prayer, you know, cuts me deep. And um, so if you're not getting an answer, don't be mad at the Lord. There's probably something going on somewhere. And the chain is, is, is failing somewhere and it's not failing because of the Holy Ghost or because of our Heavenly Father. Um, but I assure you that they will continue to work to help you to feel that love. And the Holy Ghost is a really interesting concept. <laughs> uh, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously the Holy Ghost is a personage, a spirit personage. But as a concept, it's really interesting because it's not necessarily a checklist to have the Holy Ghost with us. But sometimes we treat it like a checklist. And even as you and I are going through this, I'm starting to right away revert to, here's the steps of this checklist yeah. <laughs> to find peace. And it's not that, it's not that simple. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Ghost, wonderful companion. And I, I think of how sometimes we notice it, sometimes we don't. And oftentimes we don't truly open ourselves to the Holy Ghost. I, I think of experiences in my life where I've had small promptings from the Holy Ghost, big promptings from the Holy Ghost, et cetera, et cetera. They're mostly small, very small. But one comes to mind recently, just now, that uh, quite a few years ago, I was driving with my father. So I was an adult, like I, I wasn't living at home. We were visiting and going for a drive. And we pull, drive past someone who's in the ditch on their bike. And you can see that they're on a motorbike trying to drive out of the ditch. It's a weird scenario to see, but 
<laughs> I, yeah, where I'm from in small town BC, this is a normal thing. So my dad immediately pulls over, no thought, no anything. Pulls over. We see this guy struggling. We get out. We push him so he can drive out of the ditch. So the ditch was pretty deep, right? What had happened is he didn't have a place to stay. So it got late while he was riding his bike. He pulled over and he hopped into the ditch so he was safe and away out of the elements. Safe-ish. So, so that he could, yeah, yeah, safe-ish. So that he could sleep for the night. It was in the summertime. So my dad and I hop back in our vehicle and he says to me, um, you know, what do you feel right now? And that's the spirit. And then he talks about it. That's the spirit. You feel good. You feel the spirit because you just helped someone. Yeah. Uh, we write famous Messiah verse. And that's, I would not have said that I'm following this checklist. So today I helped this person and I felt the spirit. Do you know what I'm trying? Like, I think sometimes we try to make it too linear. Yeah. We how the Holy Ghost operates, where we need to put ourselves in a scenario that we can feel the Holy Ghost and he will come and abide with us. But like, I didn't have this checklist of things I need to do to the Holy Ghost. I was just living my life. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us, and, and this is the fishbowl or um, there's a, there's a, a, an example I like to use when it comes to the Holy Ghost of two fish swimming along uh, you know, chit-chatting or whatever. And then an older fish swims by and says, hey, boys, how's the water? And they move on and two fish look at each other and, and one of them turns to the other and says, uh, what the heck is water? Yeah. And the older fish has been around and he's experienced things. He started to recognize what water is, whereas the younger fish have just only ever known water. So yeah. they and I think in, the, in growing up in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I try and do my best to help my kids to recognize that spirit when I feel it, and when we're having those conversations, uh, because we're we're acclimated to it, so we don't recognize. And, and so I have a my oldest son has a friend who joined the church, and he is on on fire. He recognizes the things. He does a lot of the things. He's still a goober, but he he uh, he you know he, he does a lot of the things. And and I get a lot more out of my son's friend often, like answers when I'm talking. Uh, you know, discussing a lesson or discussing gospel principles just while driving in the truck, the friend will answer a lot more than my own son will answer. Uh, I and I think, and my I was talking to my son about this, and I said, I, I don't be hard on yourself. I said, I think that that your friend recognizes the difference because he's lived for so much of his life without the spirit in his yeah. life. Um, so just because we're I just as members of the church, we've been given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, if we're doing the things, if we're if we're not like wicked individuals, if we're not like actively n not living the church, uh, the church standards, I think that we are um, have an opportunity to feel of that Holy Ghost in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people do is they downplay a lot of our thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Um, and want either a person to come and talk to us. Yeah, and feel the spirit through that person, or we want some uh, divine manifestation of heaven with angels to come. Yeah. We want something that we can't deny. Whereas the Holy Ghost is like, ah, is it? Is it my own thoughts? Was that just? Did I just pop yeah. out of my head or whatever? And it's harder. So it, it is. It comes incumbent upon us uh, if there is a step 
yeah you know be obedient have faith be obedient and and maybe teach yourself to recognize that spirit in your life well i was just going to add and then we'll move to the next one but like if you feel that you're struggling feeling the holy ghost uh, i would suggest trying a tender mercies little journal or a daily gratitude oh yeah yeah Uh, i find those super helpful of noticing the lord in my life yeah Uh, reading yeah reading scriptures praying and reading scriptures immediately after like i i call them original thoughts uh key takeaways uh, inspirational nuggets to me it's it's when i felt the spirit when i'm reading a talk yeah if i'm reading scriptures and i'm reading a talk and i have an original thought you know what i'm not that original so, Those don't happen very often, is what you're that saying. Is, yeah. No, it's not. That is the Holy Ghost trying to hammer something into my into my head, saying, "Hey, remember the thing I was trying to teach you? This yeah. is it. This is another thing. Remember that." And anyway, and and, uh, and when I'm when I'm with it, man, I have those experiences in the scriptures, uh, reading general conference talks. And one thing I noticed for me, and I don't know how how it works. For, I I was talking to one gentleman in our ward, and he feels. Uh, inspiration to go and serve and help people he knows who needs help and what help they need that's when he's like in the really feeling spirit he knows what to do and when i'm in the spirit man i can put a talk together like nobody's business i can i can three talks a day 30 minute talks and like i have no problem giving talks in in church i i've given i gave eight last year or something like that but um when i'm really on it man i can give a talk i i really want to give one on uh on uh, confidence in the Lord. That's what I've been contemplating the last couple of days. Gotcha. I'm going to come up with a good one here soon, but um, we feel, we all feel the spirit differently and it manifests differently for each of us. So um, please do not downplay those tender mercies, those, those little positive thoughts that you're having, those little inspiration, original thoughts. That's so Holy ghost trying to communicate with you. Yeah, completely. Uh, do you get like frequent flyer points for t- talking so much at, your work? No, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Ah, it's the bishop again. He's going to yeah. talk more. Yeah. Well, I haven't spoken yet this year. We're like a third of the way through the year, and I haven't spoken yet. It's killing okay. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, all right. The next one he says is third. The Savior promises that as we keep our covenants, we can feel the love of the Father and the Son for each other, and for us. We can feel their closeness in our mortal lives just as we will when we are blessed to be with them forever. Uh, and I think that goes along a lot with the Holy Ghost, right? Because obviously that love often shines through the Holy Ghost. It doesn't always yeah. uh, and come through others where we can feel that love. And that's an important thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and- I uh, I got a, a little short. I think I've shared this before, but one of the times I was most... Uh, struggling in my life i i really i said a prayer and it was less of a prayer and more of a i'm really giving my heavenly father grief yeah all the things and all what's going on like i'm trying to do the things this isn't working and and anyway i gave him all sorts of grief and what i got for that grief was just an outpouring of love and i just was like oh man then i had to go pray and and you know apologize and you know sort some things out but uh you know, man, we will feel of their love if we, if we want to, and if we want to do the things, and if we want to, um, you know, if if you want to feel of it, you said just tender mercies journal, um, but just pray, just pray with yeah. real intent, really, really pray, really get in there, 
Mm-hmm. Don't just give a half-hearted effort. You got to. It's got to be wholehearted, uh, and you you will. And I would just sort of suggest along that praying. Um, it's really hard to have real intent all the time, and so oftentimes we do pray, and we're doing a good job of it, or maybe we don't pray. Whatever. But we can't always have this pure, real intent that we're going to have something magical happen. Yeah. Uh, just because we get pretty uh, laissez-faire in our lives, <laughs> right? Like, this is who yeah, we are. Yeah. That's just what it is. And that's okay. Uh, well, I, love, but if, I love that point. I, I appreciate that because I, we make it sound like you say one prayer with real intent and you get everything you ever asked for. No. And that's not how that works either. That's like sometimes you need to pray a dozen times or you need to pray for for 90 days straight. You're, you know, depending on the level of miracle you need or like I, God will not leave us alone. He will not leave us completely alone. But he also this life is a, a bit of a test. Yeah. So how bad do we want it? So, yeah, if you're struggling to feel your Savior's love or your Father in Heaven's love for you, uh, and you're like, I am praying and it's not coming, just keep at it. I testify that in those times in my life where it's been maybe months of me trying to reach out and not feeling it, that eventually it does come. I bear witness that I've felt that, that power of, oh, I am loved. Oh, this is different. But it's it doesn't happen because we we pray really good for a couple of weeks or sometimes even a couple of months doesn't do it. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what lesson I personally need to learn sometimes. But just keep at it. His love will be there. <clears throat> and if you're if you're struggling, reach out, ministering brothers, sisters, minister. Relief Society president, your elders quorum president, your bishop, um, you know, they're busy people, but, uh, you know, like they will hopefully if they're living with the spirit, they will, they will mm-hmm. help you to feel loved of their love and of our heavenly father's love. And I have conveyed that message uh, countless times in the office yeah. that the, the one thing that I know for sure is that God loves you. And that he recognizes yeah. you when he sees you. And when I'm giving priesthood blessings, that's like the first thing that comes to my mind is how much yeah. God loves this person and knows this person yeah. and recognizes the challenges that this person is facing with. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling a little down at all, reach out, uh, get a priesthood blessing, get visit with someone that's going to uplift you because it will help. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, the fourth truth that he knows, uh, and we talked about this a little bit already, but keeping the Lord's commandments requires more than obedience. So, yes, we can we can be obedient, um, and, but sometimes it just takes a little bit more. We can do all the do all the steps and do all the checks uh, without having any results. So, mm-hmm. keeping the Lord's commandments requires more than obedience. We are to love God with all of our heart, might, mind, and soul. Those who do not love him do not keep his commandments, so they will not have the gift of peace in this life and in the world to come. And, um, you know, I I will say I know people who, you know, more or less keep the commandments. They 
they're not wicked people. They're pretty good people I work with. Uh, and, and they struggle to feel peace in their life. And I think a huge difference is, and we've talked about it. And they, they said, why are you happy? Or why, what's going on in your life? And I just said, well, I just do this and I do that. And like, well, we do those things too. Like, and I said, well, what about this? And what about that? And then I get, and then I'm, after long enough, I get talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the difference it yeah. is in my life. And that's usually where I lose them. And they're like, well, I do my own thing. And I, yeah. I like fishing on Sundays and yeah, and okay, that's, that's fine. If that's something that you want to do and that's how you feel of God, feel God for you, then, then. I'm glad that you feel that, but this is what works for me. And if you feel like you need something more then I'm willing to share and teach you more. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that those people don't love God in their own way. They just, no, they're just working through it. Yeah. Well, and the phrase we're to love God with all our heart, might, mind, and soul is so big that just, we could do a couple podcasts about what that might look in our lives. Yeah, and I think that's one as you prayerfully study and try to figure out what that personally means to you. There's lots of good uh, resources out there for that. But what that personally means to you and how you live your day to day, everyday life would be really interesting because it's going to be a little bit different for me than it is for you, Todd. Uh, I've talked before about a couple of years ago where I had this feeling that I should try to emulate Jesus Christ and help people feel God's love. Uh, in situations that I interacted with them. And since I uh, really enjoyed fast food at the time, and I'm trying not to as much anymore, I'm like, well, even in the drive through is there a way that I can make people feel God's love? That was me trying to show love to God, right? That, that was sort of yeah. my thought. Um, <laughs> and so I've worked on that for a couple of years. I had a really interesting experience with someone from work, and they were talking about I'm not even sure, just, you know, mistakes they'd made in life and how tough some things have been. Really awesome person. Really love this person. And I said, but well, actually, a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to emulate uh, Jesus Christ in my everyday. And I started telling her about this. And it was odd because I'm sitting here at work in a place where I'm like, this is probably not, <laughs> not somewhere that I should be doing this. I'm definitely yeah. written up for this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But just that opportunity that, you know, to talk about Christ, to show that I do have a love of God. So that, to me, personal inspiration said, Kevin, as part of loving God with all your heart, might, mind, and soul, even though you're not doing it great, this is a step for you to try to emulate Jesus Christ in your day-to-day, -day, as well as letting people know that that's what you're trying to do. Uh which is also scary because they could look and say, oh, you're doing a terrible job, sir. <laughs> I'm like, you are correct. <laughs> you are I, not lying. <laughs> I know. I Thank you for hitting me in the head with a two-by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's a personal revelation that I found from reading that. Just that quick line. Love God with all your heart, might, mind, and soul. There's yeah. other things attached to that for me personally. So I would suggest or ask if you're listening to think about that, what does that look for you and what can you do now? That's a next step. And then later on, what's your next, next step and so on and so forth. It's uh, it's so important. And I, and I just, this quote from Dieter Dr. stuck out in my head here. Uh, you know, when we, when we look at being obedient and just doing, the, doing the things to me, that's like letter of the law. When yeah. 
come to loving God, that's spirit of the law. When we love God, when we love Jesus Christ, we're going to want to do the things already. Already, this quote is: Is it wrong to have rules? Of course not. We all need them every day. But it, is it wrong to focus only on rules instead of focusing on the Savior? You need to know the whys and the hows, and then consider the consequences of your choices. Uh, unquote. And that's you know. We can't just focus on the commandments and just be obedient for the sake of it. We can't. We could pray and re- read the scriptures, <clears throat> keep the commandments, go to church, do all the things every day, every week, every month, and not feel one bit of the spirit if we're not doing it for the right reasons, if it's a robotic thing that we're doing, if we're yes. not intentional and, and, and intently seeking uh, the spirit in our life and seeking our Heavenly Father's love. And, and again, that's not to put blame on anybody for... No why they haven't felt the spirit, but like we just, if we're struggling with self-evaluation is critical in identifying what can we do differently? What is missing? What is, what, there might be someone, some small thing and we might have to ask for help in order to feel that. But um, you know, there's something we can do. It's we can't just be doing the robotic things and they doing the same things and expect different results. That's insanity. Well, then preparation are, and intent are sort of a couple things that you and I try to push lots, right? Like, You've got to be intent in your thing. You've got to do preparation uh, to get there. And we can feel of the spirit. We can feel of God's love. We can follow God. But if we don't have a, the desire that's correct, we don't get as much out of it. And I've noticed that in my life, right? You can go grudgingly uh, to something. Oh, I don't want to go to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I- what are we getting out of it? Yeah, I actually remember a few general conferences ago, President Nelson had remarked that it was going to be different than any before, and it was going to be this amazing conference. Like, this is only a couple of years ago. I think it was during COVID. Yeah, it was the 100, 200th anniversary. Of the yeah. Year. And I went to that conference, and the whole way I was like, this is such a waste of time. There's <laughs> nothing special about this conference at all. And it got to the very last talk. And President Nelson was starting to announce the temples that were going to be built. And for some reason, all of a sudden, the spirit just opened up to me and just floored me. Mm -hmm. And I was and looking like just floored me, like just absolutely floored me. And it was wonderful and such. But it was like. If I would have had a better attitude going in, (laughs) I would have got more out of that. But I got something out of the very last thing. Right. Like, so it was really interesting to see that in action on my part of not having the greatest uh, uh, attitude into something. Yeah. And it makes, it makes a difference having that, that preparation, but it's, uh, you know, I, it it is a challenge to when I talk to people about how, how they are managing their, uh, their things and, and trying to talk to, trying to support them and trying to do the, so part of what I end up doing is we get talking about like, when they're struggling with some, I don't know, principle of the gospel, I end up almost always saying, well, how's your scripture coming? How's your how, scripture study coming? How'd you come follow me? How's your prayers? How's your this? How's, I start digging in. How's ministering coming along? And we can almost always identify some things that they are not doing, mm-hmm. uh, which if not to say if they were doing them, that all would be great. But no. uh, usually a, a struggle or a challenge isn't a nice. Thing. Usually it's there's a handful of things and it's just manifesting in this way. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been there too, where I've struggled at state conference, struggled at general conference, 
struggle in church where I waste my time. It's not. It's never a waste. Any effort we make ever is is, is going to uh, Anyway, uh, the fifth, fifth truth that he shares with us, it is clear that the Lord loved us enough to take of our sins so that we through our faith through the, his atonement have the gift of peace that passes all understanding in this life and uh, I think this brings me back to Dalany Cook and you talked about it earlier how important to make the Savior a critical focus in our life mm-hmm we need to be able to focus on him and focus on the atonement of Jesus Christ and why that matters so much to each and every one of us. And as we do so, I, I feel strongly that as we make the Christ the central focus of our lives, this truth, probably not above all else, but it's a critical one to helping us to feel that spirit. If there's a step in there, it's to have faith, be obedient, do the things, and focus up all our efforts on the, on the savior. And just sort of going along with this and tying into other scriptures and stuff. Uh, I've always come and I brought the scripture up lots. So I obviously love it. DNC 5827 mm-hmm. anxiously engaged in a good cause. And I think that as we're struggling in life in general, that it's not just going to come by accident often. Yeah. It sometimes has it. It's true. It, does. it has. It has. It does sometimes. But we're, we need to be anxiously engaged in a good cause. That good cause is so open for debate and for personal revelation as to what that is. But doing good continually, it's an important step. I think of uh, my last thought here is I think of a silly meme that I saw a little while ago where someone said, you know, you could just go and buy a birthday cake any day of the week. They don't even ask as an adult. <laughs> and I thought, you know, are we waiting for someone to bring us a birthday cake when it's in complete our, our own control that we can just go get one? Uh, so, and that's not saying that the Holy Ghost is a birthday cake. It's just saying that what are we anxiously engaged in? doing good, actually living like Christ so that we can see those effects in our life. And not with the desire to see those effects even, which is that's what we're changing to be. We're doing good. Uh, yeah, and and to echo that, um, uh, we can't do all the things. There's too many things in this mm-hmm. life. There's too many things, you know, you get looking at all the options and all the places you can travel and all the languages you can learn and all the, the jobs you can figure out and all the DIY things you can, anyway, all, there's too many things. So we need to identify the most important things and what are they and what are we doing to ensure that those most important things are front and central to who we are and what we want out of life. And we've been, we've been reminded regularly and the savior even, um, uh, told us that the first great commandment is to love God, to love God and then to love one another. And so in our life, you know, as we're trying to find peace, if we're not focused on God and focus on our savior, Jesus Christ, 
what are we focused on and what are we hoping to get out of it and it's i fair life is busy there's lots of things but we we can make space for god in our life in in all the busyness and and if we're doing that then i'm confident that we'll feel the, of that peace maybe not immediately maybe not exactly when we hope we would but when we need to and when we need it heavenly father is mindful of us and we will receive that peace in our life and i testify of that in the name of jesus christ amen i ditto todd that was beautiful <laughs> that it it will come it will not be on our time and sometimes it's really hard to keep having faith when it doesn't come but it will do some self-reflection and you'll see you'll feel something and i say in the name of jesus christ amen absolutely and and uh not to add uh this could be we could go forever um but Henry, Henry, or Jeffrey R. Holland shares a quote about it wasn't easy for him. How could it be easy for us? Right? <laughs> Don't drop those truth bombs. <laughs> like, like, just we, we need to be, you know, a little bit patient and a little bit uh, willing to accept the trials and challenges that are coming to us. Uh, but we can also seek after uh, the appropriate things and, and get there. Anyway, great chat, Kevin. We, uh, Thanks, we got more often so we don't do all our visiting on, on this podcast time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> talk to you later. We're up to 40 minutes. Okay, have a good <laughs> Bye. Soon. Okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes. Thank you.